You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It is game week, Matt. Week one of the NFL season is here in a couple short days now. Uh, this Tuesday episode. Hope everyone enjoyed the three-day weekend. Matt, I know you were barbecuing and drafting and having a lot of fun. Probably a few pops as well in there uh, as you got ready for your fantasy football season. I had a fantasy football draft. One of my old drafts, though, that we used to do in person died. The pandemic killed it. COVID-19 oh, no. killed an, an old league that was going for about 15, 20 years. Everyone decided that they were out this year. So one of my live drafts that usually happened last weekend did not happen over Labor Day. So I was doing other things with trying to sell and buy a house and Little Leo, my son, is now in preschool, so that's what's going on in the Peacock household. It was a wild weekend, even though I didn't really party it up as much as I would like to over a three-day weekend. I partied it up a little more (laughs) than I probably should have over a three-day weekend. I had a blast with my buddies, all high school buds, and we do our draft, which is kind of mm, 10th on the list of fun events for the the long weekend at uh, Deep Creek, Maryland. We had a blast. It always works well for me because I get away, recharge my batteries like crazy, and then coming to today, full systems go. This is, you know, all regular season from now until Super Bowl. Quick reminder to all the listeners out there, go check out the feed. It's on its separate feed, the ultimate season preview happening right here on the network. Every team, every division, Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora are involved as well. So go find that ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts it is a twitter tuesday to start this week matt and we will get to those questions but a little bit of news around the nfl first on a long weekend and teams uh, nfl teams i don't think were there was a couple teams i saw having some labor day parties and some dress-up parties but there was a lot of work to be done as well trades and a few signings and a couple of contract extensions here as we enter uh, the first week of the nfl season how about this one mark andrews a little bit richer to the tune of Four years, $56 million for the Ravens tight end, who is also wide receiver one to start this year, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think Kittle and Kelsey stand alone in terms of contracts, and they and the league is recognizing that. But we're seeing a lot more tight ends getting double digits per year, $10 million, you know, starting with Austin Hooper last year. And I think Andrews is instrumentally important for this team. I mean, a couple notes are, he doesn't play as many snaps as people think. He's not a 80, 90% you know, snap count type of guy. And I do think that their tight end situation got a little rocky, like when Boyle got hurt and Hurst went to Atlanta. Usually they want to put two, three guys out there at that position. But he's the receiver, as you mentioned. And we know Lamar and this passing attack is – much more efficient throwing to the middle of the field. And he does that extremely well. I think he's pretty good after the catch, but it's also pretty clear that the off season priorities were, we got to threaten outside the numbers more. We're going to sign Sammy Watkins. They flirted with Juju. They drafted Bateman. I'm sure there's other receivers that were in that mix as well to add to the equation. So the passing game in Baltimore is very interesting to me this year. And one of the, one of the top stories really to watch is how they handle it. And, you know, this isn't where I planned on going, but Bateman being out might be a bigger deal than Dobbins being out, at least for the first couple of weeks of the season. So they didn't get him back. 
and develop, you know, a, a nice rapport of different pass catchers. Andrews is a lot different than Watkins, who's different than Bateman, who's very different than Marquise Brown. And you can see the shell of something developing there. Something's developing there. The The big bummer is yeah. Rashad Bateman being hurt to start the year, but he is due to come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully he is the guy that we saw early in camp. There was glowing right. reports about Rashad Bateman. So could be fun. Uh, the passing game could continue to grow there in Baltimore for sure. A couple of Ravens-related questions in our mailbag, mailbag coming up here in the next segment as well. The Seattle Seahawks have sweetened the deal for left tackle Dwayne Brown, and his holdout is now over. Dwayne Brown will play this season. Uh, I don't know if he was actually going to sit out, but they, uh, I think he was scheduled to make $10 million, it looks like here, and they made a small adjustment. So he's going to come back, and they gave him a little, sweeten the pot a little. So Dwayne Brown is no longer holding out and will play left tackle for the Seattle Seahawks, which is very important. Yeah, very important. I mean, he's super reliable at this age. It amazes me. Some guys like him and Andrew Whitworth go so long at this career. Trent Williams isn't young. Guys like Joe Thomas and played forever. And Jason Peters is back in the league all of a sudden. I mean, some of these guys ain't what they used to be, but they're so smart for the position and, you know, the, the, the way they move their body, you know, for angles and stuff like that and just knowledge they're so valuable, and he's very much of the part of that, the, the Seahawks' best lineman. And, you know, we talked about fantasy drafts. I'm super high on the Seahawks offense this year. We talked about it on Locked on Dynasty this week. We really dug into Seattle. I'm all in on this de- on this offense. I'm not all in on Seattle's defense, though. A lot of cornerback movement. The Seahawks added uh, Sidney Jones last week then they traded away mid podcast for us on friday akella witherspoon to the steelers now the 49ers have signed josh norman the saints are signing desmond trufant and uh, there's just the cornerback position yeah it's it's an odd position around the nfl and we had talked about how there's some really bad uh, units of cornerbacks in the league they're uh, the cardinals and i believe it was the bears that we really bl- brought to light we're like what are you doing you had a whole offseason this is what you're going to run out there at cornerback yeah. and uh, somebody had posted about it and richard sherman actually who's currently a free agent said basically like this is this is the way the league's going our our team is the nfl fading cornerbacks because that's the way it feels like it's going yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think they're fading old slash damaged quarterbacks, or, you know, or guys with a strike against them. A guy like a Witherspoon who has some questions, um, and maybe going a little younger at the position. I'd have to think about that more. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's been a great influx of guys coming from college into the pros, but and, and analytic folks will always tell you. Boy, we should you should invest in cover men more than pass rush. Which, frankly, I don't believe. I I, I have not been convinced of that argument at all. I would rather have the Miles Garretts of the world than the top corners, but that's a different situation. Um, I, again, maybe it's just a situation of kind of like we just talked about a tackle that okay, maybe you don't run as well as you did Josh Norman, for example, but we're going to keep you in pretty favorable situations with a really good pass rush. Come up and tackle be reliable, you've been around the block, you understand route combinations and things like that, you'll do for now. The Baltimore Ravens lost another running back. Uh, I want to start the next segment, make sure we have time to get into the Baltimore Ravens here. But one more quick note before we get to that and some of the listener questions is 
Sam Farmer, LA Times, did an article about Roger Goodell and everything the league went through last year with COVID-19. And there was a, an extremely interesting nugget here about that Broncos game where they had no quarterbacks and had a wide receiver playing quarterback. And apparently, Roger Goodell, the reason he ignored the Broncos' plea to move that game against the Saints and not play it with all the COVID and no quarterback room, was because surveillance video from Denver's facility showed that the quarterbacks tried to fool the system. They took off their contact tracing devices that is supposed to let teams know when <laughs> players are within six feet of each other. They put them in the four corners of the room, and then the quarterbacks met in the middle of the room together and watched film together. So Roger Goodell and the league <laughs> saw that video and said, we're not doing anything for you guys. You did this to yourselves. That's and then they crazy. lost their entire quarterback room. That is pretty nuts. That's pretty nuts. Uh, I guess that all adds up a little bit more now. And, you know, moving games isn't easy to begin with, of course. But, wow, that, that's bonkers. Uh, you know, it, what's the great advantage of all huddling together anyway? I mean, like, what's the logic behind drew lock and company to do that you know the, the, those quarterbacks that were guilty of that i mean what what are you really gaining yeah drew locks decision making on the field isn't the only thing in question <laughs> right uh yeah it just sounds like you know some young guys in their 20s being defiant in some ways you know i think right, that's part right. of it boy uh, that's the first i've heard that but that is rather funny and not real bright and that's why he's not the starting quarterback right now for the Denver Broncos. It's someone who was not in that locker room, not in that quarterback room last year. It was Teddy Bridgewater. We are going to preview all of the games for the week one slate over the next couple of days, Thursday and Friday. We've got our over-under win totals. Matt and I will pick overs and unders for every team's win total, according to betonline.ag. Let's talk Baltimore Ravens listener questions next and very important, I want all the listeners out there, especially those of you who wanted in on the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy League, you didn't get in there? Well, guess what? You got a second chance to, to finish second to BD Peacock. This time it's in a survivor pool, and we've got uh, an unlimited amount of spots here in this survivor pool. So you can go to my pinned tweet on Twitter, at BD Peacock. The link is there. You can jump in in our survivor pool. It should be a lot of fun. Play against... Williamson, Peacock, and all the listeners. You make one pick per week. That's how Survivor Pools work. It's super fun at runyourpool.com, and they're even throwing in a prize to the winner of this Survivor Pool. So uh, I think it's a jersey. We're trying to figure out exactly what that prize is going to be. Maybe prize is plural. So uh, not only do you get to play against Williamson and I, you get to go uh, to runyourpool.com, potentially win yourself a prize for free. Go find the link at BD Peacock on Twitter. It's a pinned tweet. And uh, play against Matt and I. And make your own league if you want. Because football season's back. And there's no better way than to to have fun. You know, whether it's with your buddies or an office pool. There's not only survivor pools. There's pick'ems, squares, uh, confidence pools, 33, which I have never played, actually, and more. So Run Your Pool will host formats for NFL, college football, one-week games, full-season games, playoffs, Super Bowl. So check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on, or you can use our promo code locked on at checkout. That is runyourpool.com slash locked on. Have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on and go jump into the Peacock and Williamson NFL Survivor Pool. 
Matt and I will be picking our over-unders for NFL win totals this season on tomorrow's program, and you can too at betonline.ag. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest, open now at BetOnline. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo make a bet on the thursday september 9th season opener between the super bowl champion buccaneers and the dallas cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 dollars. i mean come on can't get any simpler than that uh, for new customers only when signing up and using promo code nfl 100 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports there's football obviously college and pro basketball boxing baseball and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The Baltimore Ravens, Matt, two running backs done before the season even starts. J.K. Wow. Dobbins lost for the year, and now Justice Hill suffered an, a torn Achilles in Thursday's practice. So now he is gone, and that is why you might have seen the Ravens bring in running backs like Le'Veon Bell and I think Devontae Freeman, Elijah Holyfield, all in the facility and working out some of these players, it's just, um, it's a rough season. And one of the listeners asked us if this is a sign of things to come. Is this going to be the year that uh, the the Ravens are just plagued? They've had such a nice run. They've won 20 straight preseason games even. Is this the year it all comes crashing down for the Baltimore Ravens? I, I mean, I hope not. I don't wish that on any team, even though it's my, my team's biggest rival. Um, it, it sure is some bad mojo though. Like, I thought Hill was kind of sneaky. If you remember, I mean, I know you do, but he he was a, a great combine guy. And, I mean, combine and running backs don't always go hand in hand, but I thought he might be interesting this year, and they might start developing things for him that they had in mind for Dobbins, especially as a receiver. Easy throws for Lamar. Big thing you heard from Harbaugh in that whole camp was we're going to throw to our backs more and J.K. Dobbin gets hurt when they actually throw to him on, on a play. And I think that would go a long way for that offense. We talked about that a little bit in the first segment. So all of a sudden, you're scrambling. I mean, fantasy note, is Gus Edwards sitting pretty? Um, I got to think that they add a bell or a girly or somebody like that, but I wouldn't be confident in those players. Tyson Williams, according to reports, had already leapfrogged yep, yep. Justice Hill, former undrafted running back Tyson Williams, leapfrogged Justin Hill to be the number two back anyway coming into the season. So maybe this isn't that big of a deal. You've got Gus Edwards, you've got Tyson Williams, you can bring in another third type of running back, uh, probably someone who can catch passes. And uh, I would all, imagine. all those backs listed are, are players that can do that. I think they missed an opportunity signing Wayne Gallman. We didn't mention that when he signed with the Falcons. And uh, I love that move for the Falcons. They needed to add something to that running back room. And he's probably already running back two there and can give you some value on passing down. So uh, stock up for Gus Edwards and Tyson Williams for sure. They had a lot of running backs there and they like to run the football. So I would not be shocked at all if they do add somebody. Um, and that was James, by the way, that asked if this was this year's Bad Mojo team. And there was another like question from Sinister Ambience. And this is he's definitely one of your followers that's a Steelers fan, I presume, with the way this question is worded. He said, I heard the Ratbirds might sign Bell. Does he have anything left in the tank? I didn't think so, to be honest with you. I mean, he's a tough one to evaluate because he was, well, here we'll go back here a little. 
everyone remembers his like holdout dispute with the Steelers, then he sits out a whole year. There was a year or two before that that I was even saying on Steeler Airwaves, I would trade him now, that I thought he hit his peak a little before that holdout and was only going to go down from there. Then he sits out a whole year and goes to a dreadful situation. And we know situations super important for running backs. And he's such a rare runner that, you know, he would stop in the hole. I mean, there, he doesn't even look for the offensive lineman to really drive people off the ball. I mean, we always described it around here, like go out there and set picks and he'll pick and choose his lane, stop his feet and then burst. So, you know, in another direction. And I think that burst is pretty much gone. And this, it's one of the problems the Steelers have had with the running game since he left was in order to fit his style of running properly in his prime in particular, you have to change the way you run the football. And all of a sudden the Steelers now are getting big, heavy linemen that can come off the ball in more traditional manner. They're not setting picks anymore. So if you're going to add somebody like him, you're not, he's not good enough now to cater your running game around him at all. And the last note with all these guys you mentioned, you know, Gurley and Freeman, none of them do squat for you on special teams. That's true. You're you're looking deep down into your roster. You're looking at wide receivers three, four, five, six. You're looking at uh, running back three and four on your team. They better be able to play special teams because yeah. if not, they might not even have a uniform on Sundays because the guy who can play special teams will. So that's what's tough about bringing in one of these veterans. And I don't know if any of these guys have enough left in the tank, judging by their recent careers, that would say that you know we need to bring this guy in because we need him to play above Gus Edwards or above Tyson Williams or above anybody really so why right. would you need to bring in Le'Veon Bell to be the you know third or fourth running back on your roster so that's it's just tough when you lose so many guys you need bodies and if somebody else signs those guys up and you have another injury now you're really screwed so I guess you just gotta you gotta bring in what's available I don't know that there's a right answer but if you had your choice of Gurley Bell Devontae Freeman or Adrian Peterson. We'll throw Frank Gore in there for fun. He's still kicking. Do you want any of those guys? None of them are going to help you on special teams. Ooh, I would say... I think I have a favorite the more I think about it. I would say... Uh, what was the second? So, Bell, Freeman, Gore, Peterson? Gurley, Gurley. as well. Oh. There's five of them. Bell might be last to be honest with he's you. Pretty low. <laughs> he's a good receiver at least. Yeah. But so what? <laughs> you know. I would probably take Peterson first. Then, That's what I was thinking. Then Just pure runner. Then Gurley, the then ball. Gore, then either Freeman or Bell. That's funny. I, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking Peterson, just hand him the ball, especially in Baltimore, you know, just get him downhill. Yeah. And Gurley, but don't count on him for any sort of workload. Just try to get the best snaps you can out of those knees. And at least with Frank Gore, you know you're going to be able to get some short yardage out of him, and he'll pass protect for you. And he can catch the ball. He's not, you know, a jitterbug, put him out wide right, type right, of right, uh, right. running back. He's always been able to catch the ball. So, uh, you know, some third down value and won't embarrass himself. And at this point, I don't know if Bell or even Todd Gurley's any faster than Frank Gore with, with what's gone on with those guys' True. careers. True. Yeah, it's not like, boy, he's the old man of the group. They're all old men. And that's the hard part because you say Gurley and you think, ah, what if? Maybe there's something still there. But he would be on a roster if there was, right? That's my thought. I don't know that he passes physicals. Of the group, he's the one that was most recently very appealing. Yes. Man, nobody wants him. That's rough, man. 
It's rough, real rough. Let's move along here. We've we've gotten this question multiple times, but it's always fun to um, to check back in on it before the season starts. We both we watch football differently than a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, because Zachary wants to know. And by the way, Zachary is excited about how uh, excited we are for the Chargers as a Charger fan. Here, he's mm, tweeted yeah. at us multiple times. So shout out to Zachary, faithful listener of the show. What is your favorite game day food? But for us, if we're working and tapping on a, li- a laptop while watching these games and taking notes, we can't be sucking wing juice off of our fingers right like we need we need to keep our hands clean so uh it's not like we're we're your normal pub grub sort of uh eaters on game day we're working along those lines i don't think i've ever brought this up but it's something people might not think about but i did i've done many you know live on site at a bar restaurant type of radio shows i used to do one every wednesday up until covid and now they're canceled but i've done millions or tons of them and wings are always my go-to, but wings on the air when you can only eat between, you know, uh, at commercials during live segments is no good. I mean, it is too messy. So they have to be boneless wings, but I just wanted people to get into that mindset. I mean, that, that's the way you got to think when you're on the air. You can't just, my buddy Wolf would have these big sloppy ribs and they're all over the microphone and all <laughs> over the place. Like, dude, you know, you, you got to be more efficient here. And you know, we only get a couple minutes between segments. I don't have a go-to. Probably I would just say delivery. And I've always mentioned my 15-year-old, happy birthday to Michael. That was Friday. Yeah, happy um, birthday. Joins me all the time. And now he has my credit card on Grubhub. And Uh-oh. It, it, yeah, I mean, food just shows up here left and right. And he just <laughs> eats protein like it's going out of style and grows an inch a day. So I have a feeling we're not going to go too hungry on Sundays. I'm going to put him in charge of that. I like it. Yeah, just put the teenager in charge. Like, look, here's some responsibility. <laughs> right. You got the Grubhub card. Go for it. Go go to town. What are you in the mood for, Sonny Boy? I'm sure <laughs> I'll find something. Do you uh, have a fave? I, I love tri-tip. And the way I've been Ooh. cooking it recently is you kind of just sear it on both sides, and then you can throw it in the oven. And it's easy to make, and it's always delicious. So a big tri-tip guy. So that's usually my go-to because it's delicious, it's tasty, feels like game day food, and uh, doesn't take a ton of work, and you can make an awesome tri-tip steak and uh easy to eat with a fork and knife keep your fingers clean nice nice prep is not my thing on sundays that's yes. for sure it needs to be delivered or leftover or something like that one move i make which it might shock people is I, i'm a big heavy guy and i don't love sweets and i avoid them i mean i i, I do enough bad things to add weight to my body that i don't need a ton of sweets but middle of the day 4 30 on sunday i might just grab a carton of ice cream and start chugging you know start pounding <laughs> on it just for the fun of it something yeah, like that or, that's yeah. the dangers of working from home that i'm learning about and then when you threw the pandemic on top of it and just right. that your body sort of you know remember in the cartoons when like uh the cartoon character would smell something that's cooking and just float toward the toward the the cooking (laughs) pot right right? right. i feel like that i'll just like snap out of this zone and i'll be standing in front of in front of the refrigerator like what am i doing what am i looking for right now it's just so easy to go find something and yeah having a carton of ice cream could be dangerous in the house sometimes yeah and i don't do it very often but once in a while it's like middle of day here i can use a little pick me up let's just grab whatever's in in there and have more than i should all right let's get into some more of these football questions and finish up this twitter tuesday next 
Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. Uh, it's called Direct Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, whatever you want, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and the mess and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. You know what I've learned about Built Bars? And you hear me say it probably all the time on this podcast. There's no bad time for a Built Bar. One of the best times is a road trip. Have one in your little bag. Have one in your glove box, whatever. It's a perfect snack. You have a long commute. Maybe you skip breakfast. Maybe you, you skip lunch. You need a snack, and you can feel good about it, and it tastes great. High in protein, low in sugar. That is the snack you want to grab. And you can grab a box of Built Bars from Built.com using promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Nine original flavors like cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter is my favorite, cookies and creams really good, orange, strawberry, German chocolate, salted caramel, coconut, and they're always filtering in specialty flavors. So go to built.com and find out what kind of new flavors they've got for you. You can buy a box of one flavor or do a mix and match. Even great for keto diets if you're trying to maintain, lose weight, only four or five grams of net carbs. So amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. You can't go wrong with a Built Bar if you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars. Quick note here that was sent to us by Ballgame2132. He said, on your guys' recent rookie offensive line pod, you mentioned Creed Humphrey as one to watch, but Smith, by all accounts, has been Kansas City's best offensive lineman thus far. Just wanted to throw it out there to keep an eye on. Peter King has him above Harris in the Rookie of the Year projection. And this from Peter King's most recent Monday article this week. He said, his picks for Offensive Rookie of the Year was number one, Kyle Pitts. Number three, Steelers running back Najee Harris. And in between them, number two, Chiefs rookie guard Trey Smith. And I've been seeing a bunch of reports recently that uh, they're head over heels for what they've seen from Trey Smith so far uh, in camp with the Chiefs in their remade offensive line. And they have added a ton of talent up front. And if all those guys hit and that unit gels, look out. Without question. And... With all respect to Peter King, I mean, this guy's got no chance to win rookie yeah, of the year. Yeah, you just can't win it. You're a guard. You can't win, uh, unfortunately. And maybe Between he would. John Hanna out there. <laughs> yeah, he would maybe potentially deserve it, but that doesn't mean you're going to win it. Right. Very, I mean, one point point zero zero one chance, and none of the quarterbacks would have to play well, and Harris and Javante Williams and Chase and Smith and Waddle would all have to stink. You know, I mean, it would be a perfect storm. I mean, is he going to be better than Tristan Wirfs last year? Okay. So, anyway. Right. And Wirfs, and Wirfs was a tackle on the Super Bowl team. <laughs> right. Right. And even if this guy's a guard on the Super Bowl team, great. But I do want to talk about him, and I'm glad this this uh, tweeter brought him up, because 
even on game day or on draft day, I kind of rolled my eyes a little because I'm almost positive that the only reason he is not a day two pick, not a first round pick, was he has some long term medical concerns. Mm -hmm. I, I forget exactly what it is, but you know, one year ago when you saw those early lists, college season starting up, everyone thought of him as a first round player, and you watch him in college. He's a first round player. And even some thought he might be might be a right tackle, but he's an old school massive guard. And uh, the reason I rolled my eyes was, you know, I'm just being coarse here. I'm not thinking about the young man's health. I mean, that's more important, of course. But if you're a team and you're looking at a guy like, man, this is a second round guard who's there in the fifth or sixth round that we might not get a second contract out of because of long term durability concerns, who cares? Draft them anyway especially at the point where you get to draft him after he slides down in, in that right. bargain. And if you get a stud player for a rookie contract and don't resign him to a second deal, that's worth it, man. That's, that's so totally worth it. it. And there, you know, there was a couple of players like that and you get those every year. Atlanta Dickerson, I think was one of them. Uh, right. It was just, you know, injury concerns and maybe you get a first round talent, you get them later, uh, but maybe they don't play at all because of those injuries. So it's, it's, it's really a gamble and it just adds to the level. That's why teams miss on half of their draft picks. Yeah. And what's interesting, though, about the the Chiefs in particular is while they were totally revamping their line, it looked like they had a real surplus of guards. And people weren't even putting Smith in that conversation. They're talking about, you know, Long and Tardif and all these guys. But he might be the best of all of them. You know, Tooney. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's and, and I love Good hearing those because we talk so much about the first round players and especially the fantasy type players. I love it when people bring up the linemen and it's very important. Me too. That being yeah, I'm said, glad, we, glad that was brought up. We got a question about wide receivers here. So let's get into it. Okay. Uh, not rookie wide receivers. These are last year's rookies. Second year wide receivers. Question here from M Pinto on Twitter says, which wide receiver twos? Or later, do you see overtaking their team's number one receiver from last year? Guys like Brandon Ayuk, uh, C.D. Lamb, maybe others. So, uh, And I'm just mm. going to open this up to second-year wide receivers all around because most rookies don't walk in. Even C.D. Lamb, who was drafted in the middle of the first round, didn't walk in as, as the wide receiver one for, for his team. So uh, how do you see this with the second-year wide receivers? Those guys making a big jump this year. And I think you could take someone like Justin Jefferson out because he kind of overtook yeah. – Thielen as that wide receiver one last year. Most people expect him to be the wide receiver one. But aside from Jefferson, the second-year receivers, who do you see making that leap and is like, okay, this guy's a legit wide receiver one for his football team? Hmm. Judy, yes. Lamb, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Rager, no. I am hitting up uh, NFL draft. Lamb, uh, yes, and Judy, yes, for sure. Henry Ruggs. No. No. Rager, no. Rager's, and the, <laughs> Rager could have a huge leap in year two, and I still think Devontae Smith's going to be the wide receiver one there. So that he's, he's kind of roadblocked by a, a younger rookie. I think Ayuk is Ayuk? an easy one. Yes. And I, I, is, a, is honestly a superstar in the making. Um, T. Higgins. Play, go ahead. T. Higgins. I'm leaning yes. I, I like um, Chase a lot, but I think we shouldn't be super shocked that he is going through some struggles. And he was never a big drop guy, but he hasn't played in a while. And even his style of play at LSU was really based on 
beating people up. And that's hard to do, especially with a year off. So Higgins, to me, is probably well ahead of him. I think that's a good one. Pittman's a yes. One quick note here on Jamar Chase, because recently he was asked yeah. about his drops, and he said it was just a big transition, sitting on his butt for a year. Hopefully he wasn't actually sitting on his butt for the entire year, by the way, but that's the, <laughs> that was, those were his words, not mine. Um, and he said, you know, there's no stripes on the NFL ball. He said tr- that transitioning to the college ball to the NFL ball was bigger than he he thought, and it's a little bit more concentration, seeing that ball through the air a little bit. Um, and I always thought that there was some Kevin White to Jamar Chase's game as you mentioned, just beating people up physically yeah, bigger yeah. and, you know, some jump ball uh, winning uh, tendencies there in college. I'm not saying he's going to be a, a huge bust like Kevin White ended up being, but there was some correlation there. And that's why I wasn't so quick to just be like, oh, this is the best wide receiver in the draft, hands down. I liked the savvy of Devontae Smith more, even though he's a little skinnier. And uh, I, I, I thought Devontae Smith was one, and then I thought it should have been Chase and Waddle and, you know, maybe some other guys battling out for two. For me, so um, Jamar Chase, interesting one to follow there, but clearly he's not going to be ready. And I think T. Higgins is a clear yes for me with the Bengals because I love what I saw from him, and uh, he could be even better this year. Apparently, he's a little bit slimmer and looking a little bit quicker out there, which is exactly what he needs to do. Really good player too, and just more well-rounded than Chase at this point. Yes. I mean, maybe a little less talented, but I like him quite a bit. And Boyd's there as well. Pittman was the next guy drafted, and I'm pretty confident he will be there one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Especially with the T.Y. Hill injury, like Pittman's one of the easiest because he, I was already, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of bullish on him coming into this year with the T.Y. injury. Yeah, give me all the Pittman stock. Chenault, I'm going to say no, but I think he takes a huge step forward. I'm still putting a chip down as Marvin Jones to be their leading receiver. That's a tough one. I, I'm, I think I might yeah. say yes, just based on how much they peppered him with targets, and he's sort of that underneath guy. And if you just I if wide him. receiver one is just the guy that leads your team in receptions because. Chark and Jones are sort of downfield outside the numbers types. I absolutely would put some money down on Chenault leading the Jaguars in okay. receptions this year. Okay. I, he's my favorite of the group. If I had to pick one, you know, that was to add to my team or whatever, it would definitely be him. I just wonder if it's a year from now till he's an 85 catch guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamler's a no, but I think he's getting better and better and is very useful. Claypool is a 1A. I still think Deontay will catch more passes, but Claypool might be the better football player when it's all said and done. Ooh, really quick, and I think we've mentioned this before, but K.J. Hamler, obviously it's hard for to say he's going to be wide receiver 1 when the guy uh, we just said will be wide receiver 1 for the <laughs> right, Broncos is right. Jerry Judy from the same draft class. But I think the Teddy Bridgewater move helps Judy hurts Hamler in some ways. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, Judy's going to be the route runner, the intermediate player, very Bridgewater friendly for sure. Um, these next couple guys, Van Jefferson, Denzel Mims, of course not. Lynn Bowden, of course not. But I do have one here that I really mm. like. It was my second to last pick in my fantasy draft over the weekend. Brian Edwards with the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, I'll take him over Ruggs, and that's not even a knock on Ruggs. I think he will be their number one wide out, maybe not receiver with Waller there. I'm with you. And uh, I think he's the last one on this list that I can confidently say has a chance to be wide receiver one. And I think Ruggs could be, you know, a rarer beast. And I think he could absolutely be better for what he is. And it's hard to replicate what that is. But I don't think it's wide receiver one. What Brian Edwards could become at his peak, I think more looks like what a wide receiver one would be a target hog with Ruggs making some big plays over the top and a few catch and run, you know, dynamic touchdown sort of plays, but Brian Edwards being the guy who moves the chains. And so I'm excited to see Edwards and, and all reports very good for him in Raiders camp. 
Yep. And actually two more names. I was going to end it with Edwards, but it starts kind of scrolling down there as you're chatting. I believe in Darnell Mooney as a quality two, mm-hmm. you know, foundational type piece. And Donovan Peoples-Jones with the Browns oh. is a big body downfield guy that they could use. And, and I think will be a quality three and gives them a better than Higgins, better than Schwartz. You know, I think he'll be a pretty important guy for them this year. I'm going to throw a couple other names out there, and I don't think these are wide receiver ones. And Quez Watkins, we've already named a lot of Eagles, but I just liked what mm-hmm. I've seen from Quez Watkins. I think he's sort of like their version of what you just mentioned in Darnell Mooney. But Quintez Cephas, fifth-round pick by the Lions last year, there's just not a lot of yeah. competition. Like, he could absolutely end right. up leading that, right. that team in receptions. Right. He kind of reminds me of like a Marquez Colston slow mm-hmm. moving but doesn't have to be open to catch the ball physical tough i guess he's okay outside the numbers but probably a little better in the slot and somebody has to catch the ball there um i think he'll be useful for them you know, but you're right i mean th- the beauty of him is there's no receivers of note Good stuff. That was a fun way to end this podcast. Uh, I get excited about wide receiver twos. In my fantasy leagues, I target rookie running backs and year two wide receivers. So a lot of the guys we mentioned there are on my teams. So I hope they become wide receiver ones. Yeah, it's an awfully good group, of course. Yeah, absolutely. More more wide receiver ones coming out of that class than you would expect to be. Keep just saying, yep, yeah, him too. Yeah, okay, him, yes. And going deep into day two and even day three. For the price, Edwards is the one that I think is the one that could really pay off for you. That would be huge, absolutely. Yeah. I think Pittman, too, because there's just too many right, in this right. group, and he's the one that's getting slept on, especially with what went on with Wentz and the injuries and the quarterback position for the Colts. No, you're Not a lot of competition for targets. No, they need him to be a one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, good stuff there. Thanks for all the questions. Don't forget to jump in on the Peacock and Williamson Survivor Pool. We'll be back tomorrow picking over-unders for every team's win totals for the 2020 one season right here peacock and williamson